I hope you inhale the dust and it makes you, like, choke. Even Monty wants some. Watch, this is gonna be even better, ready? Ready? Howdy, 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 everybody. This is episode 12 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. This is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and we are here with... Mr. Oh, I gotta, I gotta introduce myself? Yeah, yeah. man, you gotta Sorry. introduce yourself yeah. here. <laughs> You're only the second person we've had on this thing. We're still trying to, trying to get the Letterman thing down. Yeah, man. So, so go uh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sorry. Uh, my, uh, I guess my my name is Andy Grossman. Um, I I run Pets at Sunset, uh, which yeah. Hi hi guys. A man of many talents. Yeah yeah. Um, me, I don't know about many. There, there's at least one or two though. There's one or two. Hey, that's all that counts, man. As long as you capitalize on those one or two. I mean, you do some pretty cool stuff to me. That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. So what's been yeah, going on? It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I do things that I like and that I appreciate. So, you yeah, know, I mean, sure. I, I'm, I, I worry about, you know, my fan base, which is, you know, me, <laughs> <laughs> my two kids. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an old star to them like 50% of the time. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's about where, where I worry. Yeah. All right. What's, uh, what's been going on? Oh, been busy, man. Busy. I've been uh, trying to clean snakes and raise kids and go to work and plan a wedding. And I need, Lock. I need one or two. I need one or two more of me. I need to, I need to, you know, either <laughs> teach these kids how to clean snake cages or <laughs> I need to clone myself one or the other. There you go, man. I say teach your kids how to take care of some snakes and you'll be in business. Yeah, how I do. That's, that's that's the way to go. I was, you know, I was really hoping there two years ago, like when I I, I uh, happened into this kid thing. I was like, you know, this is going to be great. Like they're going to like snakes. They're going <laughs> to want to be out there and help me clean all the time. And I mean, they do like snakes, and they'll come out here with me. And they're like, I want to hold that one. I'm like, okay, cool. You should hold that one. And I'm going to clean its cage. And they're like, I'm done holding that one. I want to hold that one. I'm like, well, but I. <laughs> uh, I need to finish washing this cage. I already cleaned that. So you one. can't. You can't be done holding that one yet. I need 15 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the struggle is real, man. Uh, you ever let them hold your your aunts, yeah, your I children? Get... I and be like, yeah, you can uh, hold yeah, that one. Oh yeah, no, those. The, <laughs> actually, that's that's the first thing I pull out for them. Usually, I'm like, here, hold that one. Oh God. And then I'll reach in to actually pull one of the males out. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Don't hold that one. That one lets you eat fingers, <laughs> that and your fingers are smaller than mine. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny. My pair of children, I came from you, and the female's been a real ass, like, since day one. <laughs> the male has always been pretty mellow, but for whatever reason, the last, like, three weeks or so, the male is getting to be just as bad as the female, where if I open the, the lid, he just comes right on out and is, like, cruising for food. They're yeah, getting they're, be, they're getting to be they're a handful. So, and they're not even that big. So food driven. So food driven. <clears throat> they're like chondros on 
crack in a sense where you just it doesn't matter what you're doing they think you have food and they want it <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean your fingers look like an appropriate size to them for whatever reason <laughs> yeah like, for oh, sure. no, i can eat that <laughs> i can take that down no problem let's go Mine are still pretty small, though, and I think I'd, I they're, showed you the pictures of them. They're getting some good size, though. That's for they're sure. They're getting there. They're, they're getting some size. I'm excited about them, though, because this yeah. is the second pair from Andy that I got, mm-hmm. and I've told Andy this many times, but I am thoroughly convinced that he makes, like, produces some of the best out there. For sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I tried. Thankfully, we started with some some decent-looking animals, and I, uh, yeah, my partner and I are both... Uh, pretty anal when it comes to to picking out what is going to get bred to what mm-hmm. you know yeah, i mean yeah. our our first year we 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 had bought i mean shoot we'd bought up just about everything that we could get our hands on originally as babies um <clears throat> you know there's there is you know originally two animals available and then like four more became available and we jumped on all of them where did and, your original uh, ones come from? It just so happened to work out like he got like the two males, I got four females, and it's like okay, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess we're either trading some snakes with each other or <laughs> we're going to be doing some breeding pairs. So, where did your so original we, group come from? Uh, we got some from East Bay Vivarium, and then some from uh, Fin and Feather that uh, were were ordered in through Calzoo. Oh, cool, nice. And how long? Like, how long have you guys been? producing them i know you guys took this year off from them right uh yeah from from children i we definitely took this year off i did produce uh some maculosa we got some granite max that we produced mm-hmm. um but i give all the children's a year off just because it, it it's amazing how you know you get like five clutches of 17 eggs and then all of a sudden that you know 60 drawer you know shoot you know pencil pencil shoebox uh wreck is completely full and you're like son of a bitch like how did this happen i'm gonna put more babies at (laughs) where did you all come from (laughs) yes god damn i hope the king snake's hungry (laughs) (laughs) oh shit (laughs) (laughs) he just went there yeah 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 i will i will totally feed stuff off to other stuff that's it's part of the food chain yeah man definitely definitely you uh, know king king snakes eat snakes I, you know, as much as, as much as I was against it, you know, 14 years ago, I never would have thought of like, you know, feeding one of my babies off to something else. Now it's more like, you know, like you're kind of small and weak looking and not eating. You're not really, you're not really yeah. wanting to, to eat. Like, you know, I'm having to force feed you. It's like, you know, what? Like, I'm, I'm over it. Like I, I got <laughs> 70 more of you. If you don't want to live, one of your brothers does. Your will to live was not passed on from mom and dad. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. No, no. Those ones get chucked into the king snake, and well, that's the biggest. So excited. That's the biggest complaint I've heard as far as any anteresia go is getting babies started can be a serious mm-hmm. pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, it, I like think it's hit really a, a test of your metal as a keeper. You know, I mean, it's not really getting them to reproduce. Like, you know, they're I've 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 heard the uh, the Australian guys compare them to ball pythons as far as breeding goes. Mm-hmm. You know, just just about anyone can get them to reproduce. Uh, but yeah, definitely getting them started. You know, and 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 getting them to to the point of being consistent. 
Yeah, I, usually... I know. I know some guys will let them go sooner than I will. Um, I I like to feed them a lot of small meals, and I I like to just keep feeding them until like it's gotten to the point where every week, like I open that drawer and that thing's ready to take a finger off, and it's like, yeah, all right, you're ready to go to your new home. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that's that just shows the maybe the kind of the kind of seller that you know you are something that's something that would separate you from other people that might sell ants you know it's like that's that's what i would want in you know somebody selling me in a species of anteresia you know or anything that's more on the picky side yes, you know yes yeah, I've, I've i've really been like that with pretty much everything i mean right. even even with the ball pythons when i first started selling those once i started producing them you know, I, I see so many ads of people like, oh, it's had its first meal, two more, and it's ready to be shipped to its new home. It's like, God damn. And I was like, unless mine have eaten eight meals in a row consistently for me, like I'm not even contemplating selling them yet. Like I'll, right. I'll just keep feeding it, let it get a little bigger, watch its color change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that works out in my favor because, you know, something that I've been you know, feeding and growing that I was definitely either on the fence about or I was like, ah, you know, I've made better looking. And then all mm. of a sudden, you know, six months later is I'm still sitting on it because, um, you know, either not happy with how it's feeding or I'm just willing to sit on my price until it sells for that. You know, all of a sudden I start seeing that it's it's showing, you know, more more progression and more potential than a couple of its siblings that I had held back. And it's like, ah, you know what? Like, you just bumped your sister out of the running. <laughs> <laughs> the long game is where it's at, man. Yeah, dude. You gotta... Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really like hanging on to my stuff for a while. I'd, I'd rather see it grow up a little bit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm breeding it because I like to breed it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, right. I mean, it's not a source of income for me, really. You know, if you if you want to make a million bucks breeding snakes, you should probably start with three or four million. You'll you'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you hear that with a lot of sure. the chondro guys too. You know, they hatch out an awesome clutch from really awesome parents, and instead of you know, because a lot of guys I guess just don't have the space to be able to sit on an entire clutch for a year, and so they'll sell off some of these babies pretty prematurely. I guess is the word for it. And then you know, a year later, when that animal's like one of the best looking they've probably ever seen. And the person's like, yeah, this came from you. And you see a lot of guys are like, man, I should have kept that one. <laughs> and yeah. with those, especially because, you know, you don't know how they're going to turn out. Right. They go through such it, yeah, an insane yeah, so color say, Especially chondros and, and, you know, the rest of the, the Morelia, that, that, that ontogenetic change from hatchling to adult is so, so drastic. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, looking, looking at jungles that are, you know, gray and black yeah and then hoping that it's going to turn jet yellow as mm -hmm. it as it ages right i, I mean I, it's hard pressed to to go ahead and and move stuff like that in my opinion like i i, I unfortunately don't have a full collection of jungles uh right this second i still have a couple um uh, but yeah you know i mean like if I if I bred the best looking jungle female I had to my best looking jungle male, I I would sit on that entire clutch until they're all you know a year and a half, two years old, yeah. and then I would I would make my picks from there as to what stay and what's going. And there's so many. There's a lot of people that aren't willing to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, 
And there's, there's a lot of people that for them breeding snakes is numbers. Yep. You know, I mean, they're they're looking at how many total eggs and, you know, if they can get X amount of dollars per per egg out of it, then they can make so much per year. And, you know, I, I, I have that aspect. I still, I still run my hobby as a business. You know, I mean, right. I, I keep track of everything I spend, you know, all, all my food bill, all my, my power, all the water, you know, I still, I still look at it as a business at the end of the day. Cause you know, I, I run a department in a retail store and I, I have to look at my costs and everything all the time. So I, I know exactly what this is, is running me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a hobby, you know, I, I have specific stuff I want to make. I have specific projects and goals and I'm, I'm, I, I don't want it to be a business for me. I don't want to rely on it as a sole income. I don't, I don't want to ever get to the point to where I feel stressed because if I don't sell snakes this month, we're going to, you know, get foreclosed upon by the bank because we mm. don't have the money to pay the mortgage. Yeah. That's right. always been yeah. my, my fear with, with going full time with it is a, like, will you enjoy it as much as you did before? Right. Like if I'm retired, yeah. like that's one thing. Like retirement and doing that because you have nothing else to do, like that's awesome. But you know the full the guys that do it full time that constantly have to be moving stuff and you know and selling have, a little bit of everything. You also have just, to think about the size of collection you have to maintain in order to yeah. even make it full time. You know, even to make. And then you got to start thinking about that food bill on a weekly basis right, for breeding adults. You know, because right, that, if I'm you're saying. not feeding them, they're not going to reproduce for you. Exactly. Yeah, you got to think about a rat bill. You know, every you know two months that you buy, if you have the amount of collection to support yourself and your family, that that food bill is going to be insane for to support that many breeder adults you know and uh, on oh, top yeah. of that all your all your babies all your grow outs you know on top of that racks mm-hmm. and all the space with racks and you know like you said as a retirement thing that's one thing you know if you're retired and you got the money for it right yeah and you can do it on the side and you don't even have to you do it because you want to then that's one thing but when you got all day long you know it's not like you got to get the kid one kid to cheerleading practice and the other kid (laughs) to, to football practice and and you got, you know, parent teacher conferences and you want to still go do other stuff with the kids and right exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I I try to try to do my stuff with my wife and then try to try to go do, you know, my own things as well, like try to have my own life and and then you know, you got to clean and feed snakes too to boot like it, you know, eventually it gets to a point where you know, I mean, if you if you have a normal day job like something something's going to have to get sacrificed somewhere. Right. And, yep. At the end of the day, if your collection's too big, you know, I mean, and unless you're kicking your family to the curb, like, you know, your your snakes are going to lose each time. And Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I, yeah, ended up, I ended what... up getting to a point where when, when Renee and I decided that we're moving in together, you know, I, I took a really hard look at my collection. And, you know, I sold some amazing looking adult ball pythons that were, you know, breeders ready to go that I've been sitting on for two seasons and I hadn't done anything with. You know, and I hand selected some good looking animals, but at the end of the day, they, they weren't projects that I was hyped on. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it was stuff that I knew that I would sell if I reproduced it, but you know, it wasn't stuff that like turned me on at the end of the day. You know, it's not, not what I get excited for. And I knew some people that would fit well in their collection and they could do some good stuff with it. So, you know, I moved it on to them so that way I can focus on 
what I like and you know right. what makes me happy. Right, and that's kind of where honestly where I'm sitting right now with uh, my carpet pythons. You know, my big um, my big focus right now is the Erie and Jaya uh, carpets. And, um, I've got a group, a small group of, uh, coastals that are ready to breed. And frankly, the babies I would get for, from that group would go for way more than any of the IJs that I've got going this Mm -hmm. season. But I'm currently trying to sell my trio of adults because, you know, it's just, it's just not what I'm into. You know, I really like my IJs. So I'm selling those more high dollar animals to focus more on, you know, some of my less expensive stuff and to get into more scrub pythons and things of the sort, you know, so it's just trying to keep it, you know, where, what really gets you, you know, what what you really like, you know, me and Justin have always said, you know, you need to breed what you love, breed what you like, you know, do what you want. Don't just do this for the money, you know? You yeah, will no, lose. no, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's definitely people in this hobby that you know preach the the Pokemon, you know, garbage pail kid, baseball card, <laughs> sort of mentality. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is the hottest thing. Like, if you don't have this in your group, like, psh, uh, you're, you're, you're getting left behind. <laughs> and you know, and I mean, I can't, I can't even <coughs> tell you how many of those like latest greatest gotta have it morphs I've seen in the last ten years that I'm like, is anyone even still working with that anymore? <laughs> has, has anyone done anything with it? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's and and I mean, you know, it just God, if people just bought what they what they liked, you know, right. and, and refined it, like the this world hobby would we be would totally be living in. Hobby. That's the point I'm at with the Cresteds, though, now. Like, now that I'm starting to sell everything off, because before it was, like, on the weekends I worked, you know, 10 to 9. I worked fairly long days. Um, And after work, you know, I'd go spend time with my girlfriend and and our kid. And I'd get home at, like, 11, and I'd still have, you know, almost 50 geckos to feed. (laughs) And I'd just be like, oh, man, this is just, it started getting brutal. And so now I'm just, you know, I'm switching over to to snakes because I can... I can clean the number of snakes I have now within an hour. It takes me usually three or four hours on a Sunday to clean all the geckos. So it's just, right. yeah, it's time to uh, move on. When when yeah, you, yeah. When I, can, the... I can tell you from twenty years of animal keeping, from like saltwater aquariums through through geckos and into snakes, like I could have had you know fifteen geckos, or I could have had a hundred snakes. It was like the same amount of time of work yeah, every week, right? Yeah, as the 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 hundred snakes, like you maybe do a quick spot clean a couple times a week, like you know maybe do a full cleaning like once a week or every other week. Check their water a couple times, feed them every seven to fourteen days. Mm-hmm. Geckos, that's way more twice work. A, than I do that. it twice a week, and that's less than most people feed theirs. Yeah, yeah, and that that's not even including bugs, because some people do the schedule of diet like Pangea diet three times a week and then bugs twice a week. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that with 50 geckos, nah, dude, man. Like, that's, that's a lot, you know, and it's, if you, if that's what you enjoy and that's what you really like, then go for it. But and it's not that I don't enjoy them. Right. It's just, you know, my, my, my focus and what I want to put my attention to is shifting. Right, exactly. Right? It's and, just, you know, instead you know, of just when, holding on to the cresteds and keep breeding them to keep breeding them, you know, right. it's just, just yeah, when the, make the transition happen. Right. When you start getting, you know, kind of tired of what you're doing, you know, that's when you need to get out of it because that's when, you know, 
things are going to start slacking and that's when the enjoyment in the in this hobby is going to you know start to lack a, a little bit you know mm-hmm. and that's that's basically all we have right now is we do this because we love it we don't do it to make a million dollars we don't do it for any other reason but the fact that we love what, what we do what is going on the dogs are losing their mind they'll be all right yeah. uh so as far as the anorexia go do you find it harder for the the children eye versus the maculosa as far as babies go or are they about the same as far as getting them going yeah they're 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 about the same i think i think we've had a little bit more problems with the max uh than we've had with the the children eye um i've you know, and I've I've been wondering because we we picked up related animals for our our granite project, and I have uh, an unrelated, uh, uh, just normal maculosa that uh, I want to outcross one of our granites too to make some heads because we've made clutches every year for the last three years now. I want to say with mm-hmm. the max. And not only have the babies been been a pain in the ass to get started, but like you know, one one of my females just throws fucking eggs all over her her tub when she lays. She <laughs> coils like six slugs, and then all the fur <laughs> ones are like all like, over I the don't tub. Want these? These are my special. And ones. so I'm I'm kind of questioning whether like they're just not as strong due to lack of genetic diversity. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're just retarded, being granites, and like they don't they don't know what to do with good eggs. <laughs> and so I, you know, I'm I'm not sure. Like that, I'm maybe maybe it is just maculosis being difficult. But I I got a part of me part of me thinks that it's this you know lack of genetic diversity in some way, shape, or form. Well, I but, can you know, speak on I'll, on I'll behalf try of the... breeding them next year and see how those babies go and. If they're I, just as big of a pain in the butt, well, then, you know, I, I might have my opinion. I can speak for the children I that I've gotten from you that all of them ate perfectly. Oh, yeah. I never I mean, had those, an issue I mean, with any of them. Are, some of the children and I are a pain in the butt to get going. Like, some of them take right away. Some of them, like, I definitely have to play the scent game. But, what like, do you usually the children and I, usually I lose maybe one or two babies that are like, nope, not going to do it. Just not going to eat. What do you sent with? With with Max, Max have been more like I'm losing like thirty percent of them due to them deciding they don't want to eat. Oh wow! Damn, that's that's so, a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> not quite as good of a number. Like I I definitely got a few of them to to get along with like force feeding mouse tails down them, um, and eventually they got jump started. But you know, like I said, I'm just not a real big fan of of uh, force feeding or assist feeding I know, I mean, I know a lot of people that do it and i know they 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 praise it and stand behind it but you know i got a i got a few animals that were assist fed from the start they were crap feeders from the start you know they're they're eight-year-old adults now there's still crap feeders it's an uphill battle you know like i won't i won't sell those animals off to anybody else you know i just keep them because i i can't put them down i've had them for too long you know, but I just, I started getting to a point where I was like, you know, if you're a crap feeder as a baby, I, I don't even want to pawn you off as a crap feeding adult to somebody else. Like, I don't, yeah. 
I don't even want it to be a possibility for somebody later on down the road. I want them to be happy with what they have. And, you know, I want, I, you know, I don't want them to breed that to something else. And then like, you know, have a animal, you know, that, that hatches out that has an even weaker, you know, drive to live. Right. Cause I know with, with chondros too, when you, if you have the babies that are usually fairly finicky and, and tougher to get started, like people, they they would rather breed the the animals that were really strong feeders as babies. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean you know, it, it robust sense. robustness survives in nature, and uh, I think I think we kind of lose sight of that a lot as as keepers in the hobby. For sure. So the other uh, the other cool project that that I was telling Jacob about is your your normal ball selective breeding. <laughs> That's uh, honestly. I, I do. Uh, I do breed normal ball pythons. I, I haven't. I haven't paired them in the last year or so. Um, but yeah, actually, I'm. I'm standing here in the room, leaning against a rack, watching watching the pair that I, I have picked for next year to to go uh, nose rub their drawer because I'm in the garage. The snake lights on or the room lights on out here and everything in the tubs is like oh the lights on like he's gonna feed us yeah, it's time yeah no, that's all, in, all that male cruel. children's because they're not getting fed tonight yeah that that male children's i got from you and that's all he does now if i'm in the room he comes right out and just just paces the front of the the tank it's pretty funny yeah yeah i uh i i like i like ball pythons i always have um they get a bad rap yeah and I think mostly they get a bad rap just because of some of the people in the hobby that that do promote them, you know, and and just the the mentality of a lot of people that that keep them of you know you got to have them all and hurry up to be a multimillionaire breeder, you know, jump into ball pythons and you too can retire while still living in your mom's basement. <laughs> the rat race. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know. Um, it, it, I I started breeding them because I I liked them. Like you know, I I got children's pythons first. They were actually the the first species that I, I ever owned. Uh, my my reptile partner in crime. Uh, he was actually the one that introduced me to to snakes. You know, I mean, like I I had been fascinated with them as a kid and. I, I could never find anyone who was normal that that seemed to keep snakes up mm-hmm. here. You know, it was always like a guy that lived in a single wide mobile home yeah, that yeah. you know had never been cleaned, and he had like a free roaming retic in the back yeah. room that he hadn't fed in a month. And I got this northern Pacific rattlesnake in my bathtub, man. Come check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sweet, bro. Come look we'll at split it. a can. Uh, of I mean, PBR. There's, there's a few of those guys around here too. Jeez, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I just could never find like normal folks that could right. introduce me to snakes, and and he was like, really, like, oh, so you kind of have a phobia of them? I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, a little, like, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't really know what to expect of them, like, you know, like I've always been fascinated, I just I don't really have any firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. So he disappeared to the other room and came back and dropped a snake on my lap and. I was like, "Holy shit! All right, well, cool. Now I <laughs> now I have a snake on my lap, and I don't know what to do with it." And after a minute, like you know, I, I kind of settled down and calmed down a little bit, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing in the world!" And uh, only, he recommended I children's pythons to me. It's like the meth commercials. Uh, 
Yeah, he, he was the one that was like, oh, dude, you need to get children's. And I was like, ah, but I'm an adult. Like, I could probably handle an adult snake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need a kid's python. And he's like, nah, man, it's not a kid's python. And yeah, and he, he introduced me to those. He actually was working at Finn and Feather, which is a you know, local local pet store up here. And so he told me to come in the shop one day, and I went in and took a look at him. And I was like, oh, my God, these things are awesome. And then after I had him for a little bit, I was like, all right, well, now I think I want something that's going to get a little bit bigger, but I don't want something that's going to be gigantic. And so, you know, after doing a bit of research, like I decided on ball pythons. And I mean, I, I was aware morphs existed to an extent. Like I, I knew about albinos and I knew about spiders and pinstripes right. and the, like the I'd seen ones. a picture or two of a pied. But they weren't really on my radar. They were totally out of my price range. Like, I, I definitely was not able to afford anything like that. And so I bought up some normals, and I just bought what I liked. <clears throat> I bought I bought animals that didn't have a lot of spots in their pattern, and I started breeding them together. And, you know, over the course of the last, you know, 10-ish years of breeding ball pythons, I've gotten to the point to where, like, I'm I'm making stuff that guys would call blade if it was coming from het clown animals, but it's not. You know, hmm. it's just you know, ten years of recessive or of of uh, line breeding normal ball pythons until I finally end up with a, a trait that is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot, awful lot like uh, like Balin and his tigers. You know, yeah. I mean. You can you can you can breed a Balin tiger to a, a whacked out pattern coastal, and it'll still make some striped animals, but it's probably not going to be you know as perfect as some of those tri-stripes that people see. Mm-hmm. But you breed two of those tri-stripes together, and you know you're going to end up with a whole clutch of, of uh, coastals that look like they're rosy boas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, man, that's uh, that's really cool. Justin told me that you were selective breeding normal ball pythons today, and I, I I didn't realize that you were doing that. Honestly, I I thought that was awesome. Like I've never heard of somebody selective breeding normals, and uh, I think, I the, think that's the appeal so is in cool. the simplicity. Yeah, th- like, I think that just... I think that's awesome. Like if I were to ever own another ball python, I would absolutely buy a selective bred <laughs> normal ball python. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't just that's normal. so cool. That's so just cool kinda... to me. It kind of started with that's that's what I like, and right. as I breed those, you know, I I can now take, you know, some of my other animals that I produce and and breed them into those normals, so I can outproduce my my morphs. Right. So I'm I'm not you know directly line breeding everything brother sister mother mm-hmm. mother son right, right. father daughter. I can I can actually you know start getting a generation or two out and. And, you know, if what I'm breeding is, you know, reduced in pattern to begin with, and I take it to one of those normals, that just helps keep everything clean for me. So I'm not right. taking it to a busy, dirty patterned, you know, animal that, you know, I'm then going to have to try to keep the cleanest animal out of it that still may not be as nice as I want. And, right. you know, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to make my work easier for me, you know, 10 years down the road. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. And when did you first get into carpets? Uh, that's a good question. Um, dig deep. <laughs> I want to say I've had carpets for about five years now. Okay. Um, 
There, there's one of one of the the quote unquote newer species that I've I've kept in the collection, uh, and actually it, it started with uh, I. Up here locally, uh, there's not a lot of reptile keepers. I mean, there's there's quite a few, but the community is is pretty small, and most of like fish and wildlife and and you know any sort of animal rescue people like they all know who I am, and so I typically get first call on most animals that are found in in you know homes or dropped off at shelters or Mm -hmm. you know and and i take hardly anything but i can place it in other homes for people and i had gotten a phone call from a landlord that knew me saying that they had a snake hanging out of a heater in their apartment and could i come by and get it for them and I asked if they could send me a picture, and you know they, they didn't have a, a phone capable of doing that at the point in time. Mm-hmm. So I, I told them I'd at least come by and take a look on my lunch break, and I mm-hmm. grabbed a pillowcase out of my car and went in. And there's a little little jungle carpet hanging out of the <laughs> heater, striking at everything that moved. Wow. You know, it was probably about a foot long, and uh, you know I I pulled it out of the heater and took it home to my old house and at that point in time i had a quarantine room in the garage uh, away from my main collection mm-hmm. and so you know i put it out there and my goal was i was just going to rehab it make sure it was healthy and feeding and putting on weight and then you know i would either offer it up for sale to somebody or you know i'd see if there's anyone local that wanted it and would give it a good home and and after I had it for, you know, a month, I was just like, this is the coolest snake <laughs> I have in my collection. It only takes it's one. Like, this is just a sassy little bitch of a snake. Like, I love this thing. And, yeah, it, it kind of spread from there. I mean, I, I've actually slimmed the carpet collection down. Um, I, it, it, it had expanded, and it kind of grew at a rate of, uh, I mean... It was. It wasn't definitely. It definitely wasn't. I gotta have one of everything. Yeah. You know, because I've I've built a few collections now. You know, with with the Anteresia and the ball pythons and like I've I I mean you know, I, I I've had several species of of Ghanis and leopard geckos and so I've I've built groups. You know, and I I, I know that I don't want to just run out and buy anything and everything. Like I I, I know I have s- certain phenotypes I'm looking for. Like there's there I, I have plans for my pairs when I when I start looking at animals, mm-hmm. and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't bought willy nilly, but definitely like there was there was some stuff that I had acquired that were trophy animals that at the end of the day it was like well, uh, you know do I have to have this many of them or even these ones. You know, like I had some coastals that I sold off. Um, you know, I have I have a jungle jag uh, that I got from David Kelly. Uh, I kept him in my collection. You know, and I will breed him eventually. Uh, but I mean, the animals I make with him are you know definitely going to be more for me than anybody else because <laughs> you know I I kind of have weird feelings about breeding spiders and jags anymore. You know, yeah, I don't I don't fault right. anyone for doing it. But you know, it's definitely not something I want to make a lot of personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, that's something um, that's I'm kind of of I, I have them as a display yeah. more than a pet or or a breeder. Um, 
he's he's a display animal he's a pet of mine like he's he's not really he's not really here to make me any sort of money or babies and then i actually have a tiger jag from from david and i got a tiger jag from todd dyer too uh that are both absolutely smoking looking animals and again like you know same, yeah, I same remember sort of those. Deal. Like they're just going to be pets and in display cages. And... Yeah. And you have you still have an inland? I do still have inlands. I, I have a pair of them. Oh, do you I'm have a definitely pair now? not nice. getting rid of those. Nice. Um, uh, inlands, bread lie. Uh, I still have a pair of those. There you go. Um, I have a jungle. Um, well, actually, no, that's a lie. I do have I have three technically. <laughs> I have one that's a, the the rescue that I pulled out of the heater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, she's you know classic jungle, but she's very tan. She's not real yellow. Um, and then I have a AAR line uh, that came from Psychotic Exotics. I got him from Todd Dyer, and he's a good looking good looking jungle, but he's definitely classic jungle. He's he's black and yellow. And his yellow is not like that highlighter yellow. It's it's more <laughs> of a golden yellow, and it's got a little bit of tipping and mud in it. And hmm. he's yeah. still a good-looking snake, you I know. Feel- I mean, he'd be he'd be you know trophy in most collections. Right. And then I, I have a wow line uh, jungle that I got from Todd, and like he he glows in the dark. That that thing is just ridiculous. Nice. Yeah, I feel like those uh, more golden color and black jungles are more of the, in my opinion, at least the, the classic jungles. You know, in, in my opinion, you know the the ones that are you know basically neon yellow. See, that's what and I think when black. I think jungles. I think screamers. Yeah, those are just like those are they're amazing animals. Like they're incredible. But that isn't to me, at least in my head, that's not the classic jungle look. You know, classic jungle is. A little mud, more gold in color than yellow, um, and then the, yeah, the, the and blacks. Yeah, and I totally you know. like that look on them too. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, definitely. It's, I've, I've, I put that boy up for sale three different times, and each time I had people interested. And the longer they kicked tires and like tried to get me to come down fifty bucks, and I already thought I was putting them at a screaming price. It was like, you know what, like. I'm going to keep him. <laughs> he looks good and yeah, for 50 bucks I'm going to keep him. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just I'll keep putting meals in him and yeah. maybe I'll put him up for sale again another time or like, I like him too much to to you know shortchange him if at 50 bucks. Right, I'd rather right. keep him. Yeah, man, that's definitely the way to do it, you know. Don't don't say your animal Stick short. Stick to his guns. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a common trait in the hobby anymore, man. It's it's kind of I don't know. It's, I, I find it sad. I find it sad when I see somebody having, you know, a fire sale, you know, all 2018 babies must go to make room for all the 2019 clutches that are on their way. Hmm. It's like, dude, if you don't have enough room in your drawers for the next round of clutches, like maybe don't make another year worth of production. Yeah, maybe don't breed Maybe you should you sit on have... those animals for a yeah. year and feed them. And once you sell them off, like try making some more. 
Yeah, exactly. That's I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. That's I've never actually thought about it that way. But yeah, if you don't, if you haven't sat, if you haven't, you know, sold your offspring from last year, and you're basically letting everything go for nothing just to make room for next season, like why? Like what's the point? You know, like why don't you sit on your babies for another year and wait till next year to you know breed the stuff that you wanted Mm -hmm. to do this year? It's like not. It's not like you don't have babies to sell. You know, yeah, and yeah, I think that's, exactly. That's and a, I mean, those those. It's funny because those same people are all the ones that yell the loudest about how the quote unquote market sucks, and you know <laughs> nobody's buying. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, shit. Like, yeah, the market sucks. Everyone expects you to cut your price by fifty percent because you know they see you do it on a you know weekly basis because things aren't selling. So. Like, I mean, why, why, why pay $800 for that animal when they know in three weeks you're going to have it for sale for 400 Right, exactly. Kind of. You know, and it's, it's funny that people think that, you know, you don't, they don't see it happening. You know, you don't, right. you don't have to pay a lot of attention, just a little, you know, and I mean, you watch people drop prices all the time or, you know, put animals back up relabeled, like the ball python yeah. world is, it's hilarious. Like, you know, a guy will be trying to sell a clown for X amount of dollars and it's not selling. And then he takes his ad down and, you know, two weeks later you see the exact same picture go up and now it's a blade clown, <laughs> you know, and he, he wants a hundred dollars more for it, yeah, you know, yeah. and people are like, Oh my God, that's so sick. I love blade clowns. Oh, you sucker. <laughs> no idea what yeah, they're even looking at. Yeah. Total, See, I don't, I don't, sucker job. I'm so ignorant to the ball python corner things that I don't even pay. Like, I'm in no ball python groups. I'm, yeah, I, you know, I yeah. really don't like that many ball python pages and breeders who have nothing but. And, so I don't really see yeah. that kind of thing going on, but I'm sure I have you no know, doubt that I, I left, I ended up leaving every single ball python group on Facebook. And I mean, I honestly, I think I left. I might have left every Marilia group too. I might still be in one. You inspired oh, no, me to I am, ditch I'm a still, bunch. I'm, actually, I'm in two. I think I'm in the inland group, and I think I'm in the breadlight group. Uh huh. Um, because you there was only a couple weeks ago that you did like a mass exodus of a bunch of groups. I, right? I did. Yeah. You did it. And I, the next I decided day I, was... I kind of. It had been happening slowly. Like I'd been kind of leaving one group here, one mm-hmm. group there. You know, because I'd I'd see the same picture in like eight groups by the same guy and. And I mean, nothing against that person that's trying to get their name out there and, and get their recognition. I mean, do put put that work in, but, you know, I don't, I, just with Facebook's algorithm, like, I don't need to see that same picture like eight times. Well, that's the funny thing, too. I was talking to somebody about that this morning about Facebook groups, and I was like, you know, it's it's pretty funny that you'll have, you know, Morelia groups or Conjure groups or something. There's like five of them, and every single one of them has all the same people in it. Yeah. So I was like, why do we... Why do yeah, we need well, any more than two of these? <laughs> yeah, we could just yeah, make like sure. one snake group on Facebook and delete all the rest, and just have everybody. You'd, you'd, you'd have the same two thousand members in it. Yeah, but you left a bunch, and then the next day I, I was like, "Man, that's a really good idea. I'm going to go through all the ones that I'm <laughs> in that I've just, you know, I either unfollowed yeah. or I just don't pay attention to and leave them because it's just I'm, it's it's actually been really nice since I've done that because I noticed, you know, my feed was getting just blown up with nothing but group stuff and a lot of it was stuff I just didn't care about. And so you know, finally and I was like, I it's time to just a lot get, of what get out of my these. groups showed me was, was arguments. Yeah. Like if there's a lot of people like having a pissing match, like Facebook's like, here, look at this. Check this <laughs> out. Like this guy talking. thinks this, this guy's an important. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I they, you know, one of those guys probably had a legitimate beef for for claiming the other guy was an idiot. But at the same time, like, I got I got tired of seeing it. You know, it's just it's just the negative side of the hobby all the time. And right, I, I I got to thinking after a little while, like all the people I looked up to when I when I got into the reptile hobby. You know, just I mean, going back to geckos. You know, just the the people that I look up to the most. They're either not on Facebook at all or have dipped off of social media completely or, or just make very limited appearances on social media. Like they might comment on something and then disappear for another six months. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I don't see any of those guys like getting in, in pissing matches with anybody online. It's a waste you know, of time. And, and, when, and when I pick up the phone and I call my buddy and I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? Like, I haven't seen you on Facebook and we haven't talked in a while. And, dude, let's talk snakes for a bit. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, my life got so much happier when I, I ditched all the drama and just left it behind. Uh -huh. He's like, you know, I can just keep my snakes and worry about me and what I like to do. And he's like, you know, and he's like, all of a sudden, I really enjoy my collection again. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, it, it definitely helped. You know, it, I see so many more uh, posts from people's pages that I've liked mm -hmm. that were, I mean, they were gone from my newsfeed. You know, I hadn't seen some of these snake pages in, in years. Yeah. And, like, I had to actually, like, go back and try to figure out who owned that, that snake page. <laughs> that's That's not surprising at all. It just, you know, it's unfortunate because, like, the group thing, and I mentioned this the episode before last, like, it has the potential to be, like, a legitimate tool and a legitimate yeah. thing to help people. But, you know, it being the internet, it almost always, you know, eight or nine times out of ten goes the other direction and just kind of makes things worse. Yeah, no, it gives, it gives everyone a voice and no one can take constructive criticism in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's typed out words. People are are reading the implied tone that they want to read into it, and it's hard. It's hard to to not argue when when somebody tells you that you know your your preferred method of keeping a, a ball python in a forty gallon aquarium with a disco ball and a strobe light and <laughs> a ceramic skull and you know you got like you know your your 15 inch serwin vegas on either side of the enclosure and you're you're playing your death metal till 2 a.m every night <laughs> you know and they're like yeah my snake won't eat like what's wrong with it it's like ah oh, well maybe your setup sucks like, you know, maybe it needs to be a little bit more secluded. Maybe it needs to feel a little more sheltered. Maybe it doesn't need to be in between two giant speakers in the middle of your living room where you pull it out of its cage every day and pass it around to all your buddies to hold. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the... you get told that you're an asshole and that you know nothing what you're talking about and their snake loves to get their snoot booped and go for walks on the beach. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I gotta dip out because I'm gonna start hurting people's feelings shortly after that. Right. Now, do you think overall that the hobby was better pre-Facebook? Uh, I mean, pre-internet, definitely. I think I think all the animal hobbies were, but uh, I, you know, I'm also looking at it from a different standpoint. I mean, I'm 40. You know, I remember mm -hmm. going to the library 
and what? having to go through the card file What's a library? and go and find books and yes. actually read books on how to keep animals, you know, and what limited publications you could find on, on whatever species you were interested in. Were you making you know, I mean, fire that, by that... rubbing sticks together? Like, what is this? <laughs> this you know, ancient you, architecture. You, 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 you sleep in a tent? With, with phones in their pockets, you know? And I mean, like, it. you can Google search and get anything you want information-wise, and yet they still expect but you to, to spoon-feed them every answer on how ask. to keep a ball python alive. Right. It's, uh... Yeah, that's one thing that, um... that's one thing that kind of, really bugs me he's like you know it's it's so simple you know we have everything right at our fingertips you, you can know? get any answer you want in 30 right. seconds right and yeah if, you know and if it's something you can't find don't just go on a on any group and post about you know any tips you know just if if you can't find something message message a breeder personally Message somebody with experience if you really can't find it online or if you're getting a million different answers, message somebody with experience. You know, don't just don't just go post on a group and then get ten thousand different people telling you different things or the everybody telling, telling you, you the, the same, same thing. thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's 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 unnecessary, you know. There's there's simple steps you can take to to simplify well, all and that. It, you know, it amazes me in groups, you know, when you see people giving advice like, you know, typically if it's something that someone's asking a question about and I don't have specific experience with that species, however, what they're asking about is something that I have observed through five different species that I've kept and bred. Mm -hmm. Like I will go ahead and preface my comment that, you know, it's not, you know, direct to what you're asking. However, like, yeah, I do have experience with that. And I've seen it in multiple other species of pythons. So, you know, I would assume that, you know, you'd see it in that too. Like, it wouldn't be out of the question. Right. If I don't know, then, I just don't And reply. then there's the, the people that exactly. are like, I have kept snakes for two and a half weeks. And I have <laughs> kept them all in 10-gallon aquariums. And it's worked just fine for me. And it's like, okay, like. Yeah, that's great. Can you can you just use a little bit more experience to back it up? Right, you know, it's anything would do fine in you know something for two weeks. You know that it, it, it yeah. takes it takes so much longer for an animal to actually you know settle to to get sick or go go to go to shit. You oh, know, yeah. so to speak. You know, it's it. Uh, that, yeah, that kind of that kind of stuff really. Yeah, yeah. So, so really it's the whole me. cage and drawer debate. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can you can argue that one to your blue in the face. You know, I guess it really all depends on the size of the animal and the size of the drawer and cage that you're using. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you if you're going to use you know six foot long by two foot by two foot plastic drawers to house your adult carpet pythons in, like I do, I mean, there's there's no difference between that and a cage. Absolutely not. You know, yeah. and, and so many people will will argue over that till they're blue in the face, and it's like, dude, if anything, I think the snake's happier in the drawer if it's you know going to be limited visibility. What about my twelve foot retic? Will that work? <laughs> I, I mean, only if you're keeping it in like a forty gallon drawer. Oh, retics only. don't yeah. like anything bigger than that. Gotcha. Yeah, it has to be in like a three. All four like... sides of the tub need to be touching it in. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. It needs to be coiled up into a ball. And it needs to get so times. fat that I cannot open the drawer. Yes. 
That's the only way it's healthy. It'll feel secure in there. I feed it a rabbit once a week. It feels secure in that in that situation. That's how that's how it it'll survive. It'll live long, happy life like that. It's I don't it's you know the whole group thing for me is and I feel like we talk about this the, the group thing every episode and we kinda do, I guess, to an extent. But yeah, we, we like, like to get people's opinions yeah, on exactly. the on the court of the, the, the state of of the union of sorts. Mm-hmm. But like the whole like Nine, groups, nine out of you, ten peepers think that groups are just because you can comment doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm, the yeah. few groups I'm in now, I'm pretty much lurking. If I actually yeah. have the answer <laughs> to something, I'll pipe up and chime in. But for the most part, you're not going to see my name other no. than liking a picture Same. or something. I just, Same. I'd much rather sit back because I know other people are going to pipe up and and answer anyways. So. I just get yeah. back and watch. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it seems to be getting to the point where so many of us are done and tired with the groups that the people that pipe up and answer are usually not always the ones that you want to pipe yeah. up and answer. Right. That's but, a, that's you a know, very good all, point. all the other people with experience are just tired of kicking that dead horse mm-hmm. over right. and over and over again. Repeatedly kicking the can down the street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I can. Yeah. We can. We can only go over proper, you know, temperature and humidity for, you know, coastal carpet python so many times in this group before we we're we're you know, getting way right. too repetitive. And, then, and I can no longer tell you without getting angry that your undocumented carpet is nothing more than an undocumented <laughs> it's carpet. Just, it's just a carpet python. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that, that's one thing that, you know, kind of kind of really bugs me is because, you know, all the guys that actually have the experience and the knowledge, you know, like you said, are getting tired of repeating the same thing over and over and over again. So when people go in and post the questions that they have, yet again for the millionth time by you know another yet another person on the same group um you have people that really don't know what they're talking about commenting and then they're giving the people who made the post false information you know wrong information and then that's just being passed on to people and then they're applying that wrong information to what they do and it's all the experienced people are just so <laughs> exhausted with it they're like whatever yeah exactly you know it's it's unfortunate and that's why you know i try to urge people to just message somebody with experience you know personally don't just post it in a group get a million different answers go talk to somebody um but you know. yeah you know it's one of the things that i really miss from when i first started keeping animals in the hobby like and just not even like snakes and and geckos but like when when i got into even like saltwater aquariums like at, at one point in time you used to be able to pick up the phone and call a breeder or keeper and you know they would answer and right. they would be so geeked out that someone else was geeked out on yeah. what they're doing <laughs> Right. That you know, you could you could actually have a conversation with the person and talk to them and and pick their brain for a bit and learn a lot from them. Right. You know, if you if you're willing to sit there and 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 listen and have an actual conversation you know, when, with when somebody. When I decided I was I was going to try breeding ball pythons and you know not only was I going to try but like I'm starting to rattle around in my head like I I might start buying some albinos and actually like like you know I've I've reproduced ball pythons twice like. I don't necessarily think I know what I'm doing yet. Like, 
I kind of found some information online. I, I followed a rough formula. Like, I was successful. Right. You know, doesn't mean that, you know, I have any hope that I know what I'm doing. I was like, but, you know, I think I might want to, you know, make a try at this and maybe buy some albinos and try making some albinos. And I was bored at work one one afternoon and, you know, it's a Sunday and I'm flipping through the back of Reptiles magazine and I just decided to start calling some breeders and I wasn't expecting anybody to answer their phone. You know, I figured, you know, it's Sunday, like, you know, they're they're trying to take a day off more than likely from having to, to do work stuff. And mm-hmm. so I, I went through and left a bunch of voice messages on like 10 different breeders phones and, you know, just saying that I had some questions that I wanted to ask about, you know, keeping and breeding ball pythons that I had some, but, you know, I just wanted to kind of pick somebody's brain for a little bit and. And, you know, out of those 10 breeders I called, you know, I, I one, one of the 10 called me back the next day, and that was Ralph Davis. And, I mean, you know, Ralph, Ralph and I had like an hour and a half long conversation that day. And then I called him back later that week, and we, we had like another two hour long conversation about snakes. And, I mean, he was just so cool to talk to, you know, and I mean, he he broke it down as to how he did it and what he looks for. And, I mean, it was it was pretty fantastic to have someone give me that much information and and actually hold a conversation with me. And, you know, I, I bought snakes from Ralph for, you know, the first three years that I was buying morphs like everything that I got came from him mm-hmm. you know and I, I paid more for some of my animals I got from him you know I could have got lessers I could have gotten a trio of them at the time from a guy with no name at, a, at the Sacramento reptile show never heard of the dude super ugly looking snakes real busy patterned uh, you know and he wanted like I think he wanted like 850 for the trio Hmm. And I want to say that I ended up paying eight for my loan mail from Ralph. And like I was on a waiting list for that mail. And he ended up giving me my pick of the best looking one from the clutch. And I mean, I would, I, it's, it's funny because I have so many people that are on a waiting list for a leucistic from me, you know, super lesser. Um, and you know, I have several that still check back in all the time. They're like, "Oh, have you produced one yet?" It's like, "No, nope, not yet." And I've had a shot to produce them a few times over, but I've replaced my females a couple times over because I kept making better looking ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, oh, well, you look better than the girls I made last year." It's like, "Ah, oh, well, I guess I'll sell the girls I made last year, and I'll keep you and raise you up for a few <laughs> years." And- I guess I'll put off making all white snakes for another year. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the lessers that I've made from that male and then the platinums that I've made from that male, uh, they, just, they, they far surpass almost every other lesser that I see on the market on a regular basis. You know, mm-hmm. And I, I, would rather, I would rather make the best-looking lessers and I would rather pay more money to get the best-looking snake than be in that race to just do it. Yeah, right. Long game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I mean, you know, I'm 40. You know, I I figure if I'm lucky, like I'll, I'll still get to keep skating and breeding snakes till I'm like in my 60s. And you know, if I live past my 70s, like I'll be doing pretty damn good. So you <laughs> know, I, I got I got like you know 
20 at least 20 more years of breeding plans you know worked out in my head and that's that's that's, that's, that's about how that's far dream, i've taken man. it out you know and, yeah. and i'm not in a hurry to get to the end of those 20 years of breeding <laughs> who knows what it'll be like in 20 years man, i almost don't want to think about it virtual reptile shows where you put on your vr headset oh and you God. walk around that honestly would be pretty sweet because we could vend shows and not get mites. You can do it from your couch. Yeah, yeah right. That would be epic. <laughs> we could just be there virtually and sell stuff. I'm and telling you, I would not be surprised it. if that is eventually a thing. I wouldn't be mad, honestly. Like, you don't like, even yeah, have to uh, leave I've, the house I've definitely now. gone to a couple shows and then, like, seen who the vendor was across the aisle from where we're setting up. And it's like, all right, well, let me get the can of Prevenomite out, and we're going to spray <laughs> let me spray everything, everything. Out to the center line of the aisle here. Yeah, I'm just going to spray a circle around me real quick. Oh, and, dude, yeah. Uh, I mean, we spray our table. We spray around the table, geez. under the table, yeah. inside the walking area behind the table, <laughs> like a 10-foot circle around the table. Yeah. Jeez, man, it's. It's sad, honestly, the, some of the animals that people are okay to bring to shows. With zero regulation yeah. from the holders of the events. Show, yeah. bo- I mean, both of them, the, the Pomona and the San Diego show. Uh, they're great shows. They're well attended. They're, they they got customers coming through the door that are actually looking to buy stuff. You know, there's some other shows in California that are, they're, they're good shows. They're well attended. You know, there there definitely isn't as many buyers coming through the doors of them. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a good way of meeting people, you know, and, and talking to guys face-to-face and actually putting, you know, faces to, to you know, little Facebook monikers. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that part of it's cool. You know, the, the dude who shows up with his snake, you know, from his personal collection who's there to hang out for the day and put it around his neck and walk from table to table to table to table to table to table and then wants to hold everything and hmm. i mean you know i don't i don't begrudge the guy like i understand you're proud of your animal you kind of want to come out and show it off but at the same time it's like dude you're please don't potentially spreading you know parasites yeah. and or disease to everything in the show and yeah, you could you know, be you could for, be spreading for your own animal's sake and everyone else's. Just leave it right. at home. That's like that's a huge thing that people don't seem to think about. Is like a you could be spreading disease and parasites, or b you could be getting disease and parasites. Yeah, and c you're just you're just stressing out your animal, man. Like that thing is not yep. used to being around a crowd of hundreds and hundreds of people. I mean, are you like, going to carry it around your neck a... and be at the show for eight hours? Like, Some people do it, man. What else? Why? <laughs> I, I have no idea. That's I don't understand yeah. it. Um, but like we've always said, it's for you know, it's for attention. You know, people just want that. But I guess at a reptile show, you don't get as much <laughs> of attention from that. But you know, it's one of those things, man. It's like there. I can imagine the stress that goes on in that animal's head when it's around that many people. Just a lot you going know, on yeah you know that's that's a that's a crap ton of people and you know not a huge area and that's i guess i get stressed like out with, enough with you know myself like boa <laughs> constrictors that that are walking around the shows like i mean i i got a big boa female that you know is a puppy dog nine out of ten days like she's <laughs> she's pretty much a sweetheart 
but like there is sometimes where like she's a little cranky mm. and you know if you got her out and there's like stuff going past her face she's gonna strike at it oh yeah and you know i mean your snake could be you know great 300 and you know 62 days out of the year and then you you might be at the show on day 363 and <laughs> you know that that you know puppy dog seven foot boa reaches out and tags somebody in the face grabs a seven-year-old by the throat in its face and yeah gets a little kid in the face or something like that you know that yeah yeah, it's just it's just a bad situation waiting to happen, you know. It's yeah. that's one thing. I mean, that... I'm, I'm more I'm a little more understanding at shows. Like, I, you know, I still don't I still don't like it when I see it, but I keep my mouth right. shut about it. I really hate seeing it in public, like people walking down the street or hanging out at the beach or yeah. You know, it's like man, like it's I I understand that people are there with their dogs. You know, people it's, don't seem to have the same inherent fear of dogs that they do of snakes. <laughs> you know, it, and it really I believe is. that it's, you know, that, you know, 70-year-old lady's right to not have to come face-to-face -face with something that she doesn't like as much as it's my right to be able to keep that snake if I want to keep one in my right. collection in my house. Right, yeah, exactly. So I just, I, I try to keep my stuff at home. I try to keep it out of eyesight of the general public. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you do a, a Google search, uh, like you know, the 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 house pops up with a star. Like you know, it's my neighbors, if they're looking on Google Maps, my neighbors know that I got snakes in the house. You know, they they know that it's it's labeled as a business. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I also don't like pull one of my my bigger carpet females out and walk outside and like let her cruise in the driveway or right. in the lawn or show her off for all the neighbors to see like i just i i don't want them knowing right. yeah i'd rather i'd rather keep my my peace with my neighbors i don't want anyone making making waves for me i right. don't want them being upset that you know their their weird neighbor with the the garage that's lit up you know into the you know times with weird cages lining the walls is, you know <laughs> keeping you know hundreds of pythons in there right tends to, tends to weird people out one thing people don't seem to think about is you know you need to look at how many people are against us keeping versus how many people are for us keeping you know the people that are for yeah. us are a part of us and literally pretty much everybody else that doesn't keep either a thinks it's just weird they don't want anything to do with it or b wants it to completely stop and will do anything they can to make it stop you know um there's a lot more people you know if you go to you know i was talking with somebody uh the other week about this and uh, he said he went to um, something in his area to help support you know our hobby and keeping you know and keeping reptiles in general. And he said, you wouldn't believe the difference in the people that came to support us versus the people trying to, trying to shut this yeah. down. You know, it was night and day. There were so, there were very, very few people there to, um, support, support the hobby, but so many people showed up to help fight against it, you know, and everybody yeah. wants to go on Facebook and Instagram and talk about, you know, how they can do this they can do that but you know in in actuality you're really hurting us because there's already so many people out there 
um, who want us to not be able to do this. And then, you know, you're not helping the situation at all by walking around with your six, seven foot boa constrictor or carpet python is certainly not going to help when that thing has a bad day and bites a little kid in the face. You know, it's, I know I get you want, you want to show off your animal. You want to go out in public with it. You want to show it off and, you know, but it's as of where we're at right now in the hobby, it's really not worth it at all. You have <laughs> you social know. media, let them come. To exactly. You. Yeah. Well, you know and I mean? We're, we are our own worst enemy on social media. Yeah. We, we really are. You know, I mean, it, it amazes me how so many people want to post like live feeding videos. Yeah. That's someone that irks me too. It, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, like I get it. Like they're 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 predators, and you know they eat rodents and whatnot. And in the wild, most of those those prey items are live. Like I get it. I really do. Making but us look pretty. Like sadistic. there's so many AR groups <laughs> that don't want us keeping animals. Like yeah. how about we don't give them the ammunition to use exactly. back against us? You know, it's like the last the the first thing they want to see is. You know, some dude feeding this cute little bunny rabbit to this sixteen to, to foot ring to exactly you know, and laughing just, about it. Yeah, it's just it's just getting destroyed, and all you hear is the rabbit screaming its head off. You know, it's it, that, that's not that's not what you want, man. Like that's not what. Yeah, we want you know, are. and then somebody tries to make a you know a, a rational comment and and try to have a discussion <laughs> of like, hey, like. That might not be the best yeah. thing that we could do for for do attention that. drawn to the hobby, right. and then you know you're called like a, a commie libtard pussy who's not willing to <laughs> you know post live videos, and no one can tell them what to do. Right? They're like, you know, what? Like, what? Oh you my god, man! It? Like, I didn't know. Uh, this is not what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. trying to tell you what you can and can't do. I'm just you're trying to tell you, snob. like, maybe yeah. think before you do some some stuff. Yeah, you know, cuz you know, it only takes one person to see that and then report it to somebody else and it just be this huge thing, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, trust me. We 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 had done a joke. I I have a uh bumblebee ball python that has no eyes. It hatched <laughs> that way. Um buddy of mine actually hatched it. And he was going to call it. And my partner was like, dude, that's dope. I want it. And I was like, well, hey, you know, we'll we'll take it and we'll give it a home if uh, you're just going to call it. And he was like, sweet, just pay me shipping and I'll, I'll, you know, send it out to you. So we took it and we have it. And it's awesome. I mean, you know, she's a, she's a great snake. I have no plans of breeding it in any way, shape or form. Right. We just gave it a home, and it's cool that she eats better than any any ball <laughs> python I've I've ever encountered. Yeah, yeah. You know, apparently yeah. they don't need eyes to, <laughs> to be feeders. Right, apparently right. the eyes hinder their their ability to eat food. <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, so I mean, she's she's awesome. And then another buddy of mine had uh, actually hatched a banana spider. Uh, male, uh, like a couple years before, that had no eyes, and he kept it as a pet because it slammed food, and he just didn't have it in him to call it. Like you know, I mean, it, it wanted to live, so he was like, "Screw it, you get to live." Yeah, I mean, if we decided live. at one point in time as a joke, uh, we were we were going to to poke a little bit of fun at the scaleless ball python mutation. <laughs> um, 
and you know we we posted pictures of the eyeless ball pythons and oh, you God. know had posted about how we were going to take over the world with eyeless ball pythons. You know, screw the scaleless. This is the next latest greatest craze. Oh my god! And and we even posted that it was a joke. Like it is in text in the post. Not even like you have to scroll through twenty comments to find out it's a joke. Like <laughs> we posted in the post that it's a joke, and it got so bad with with people commenting and sharing it to groups and like it getting so much hate that I deleted the whole post so it would disappear and I would stop getting like phone calls of people telling me that I'm a Satanist and I'm going to ruin <laughs> the whole world by making eyeless ball pythons. Satan worshiper? Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. You know, and it's just like, dude, guys, like, seriously, like, it's a joke. You got, you got to learn to read. You got to learn to read. I know it's not taught in schools much anymore, but wrong to do that but you know anybody else can inbreed them into oblivion yeah 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 no totally it'd be it's totally wrong to breed the eyeless animals but you know you can you can make something without armor that's okay yeah take something that you know has nothing the it's just... scaleless thing doesn't matter what species it is. The scaleless thing does nothing for me. No, dude. I'm yeah, not I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I, not to knock anyone's projects. I know I got some friends that are into scaleless stuff, and yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking what they're into, but uh, it doesn't work for me. Like, I don't, I, it doesn't excite me. Doesn't, doesn't make me like want to to make them or own them or. Yeah, I, I have I'm a friend who has a scaleless them. bearded dragon, and she has to like rub it down with lotion like Are every day. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's too much work. Yeah, yeah forget that. <laughs> it's a cool looking animal, but now she's like, yeah, I gotta keep him, you know, moisturized or whatever. He puts like, the lotion yeah. in the cage. Yeah, and I mean, it's a bearded dragon. What do you feed that to? Like an olive python? Or. I mean, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love how that's the first thing you think about. It's like, all right, this thing's scaleless. What can we feed it to? <laughs> It'll go down easy. There's no friction. Just put some lotion on it. It'll slide, slide right, right down. on down. I Coated didn't put the lotion oil. back in the basket, so now it's got to go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we're hitting at about an uh, hour 15. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's normally. Is there anything that you want people to know as any, far as any closing comments. what's going on? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily have a lot going on. I keep a lot under lock and key over here anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I got I got awfully quiet about my pairings uh, a couple years ago. Um, I started I started you know cutting back a little bit on my production just because I didn't want to to overproduce and you know with my life getting busier, yeah. you know, I I knew that you know I didn't want to be I didn't want to be shortchanging my animals. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to not be taking care of them while I had other stuff going on. Um, but at the same time, I, I really started kind of taking a lot of my projects and not really showing them to, to the public anymore. You know, I got some, some stuff that I've hatched out that, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% certain it's a world's first as far as ball pythons go. And I don't even know what that means anymore, uh, whether it means anything at all. <laughs> but there, there's some gorgeous looking animals and I haven't seen anyone else post pictures of them anywhere. 
And it's not necessarily stuff that people don't have in their collection, but I haven't seen anyone else make them. So I'm, I'm just sitting on some stuff and keeping quiet about it and letting it grow up. And I've, I've made more. And so now I have, you know, babies and sub adults and ones that are almost big enough to breed. And <laughs> once on those girls mine. are sitting on clutches of eggs and I, 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 I have, you know, a nice little army of them sitting over here, I'll actually start posting pictures and letting people see what it is. And that way, that way, you know, I mean, there, there, there's guys that I know have everything in their collection to make this, and I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't believe in the the days of the thirty five thousand dollar ball python anymore. Yeah. Like that, those days are long gone. Mm-hmm. But you know, I also don't want to, uh, you know, release one or two, and then all of a sudden have guys that have you know five hundred snakes in their collection go, oh, I can make a hundred of those next year. Right. And then, Secret you know, all of a sudden, like, stolen. you know, the the value of it falls out because they made 500 and I made two. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I, I've been I've been kind of protecting a lot of my stuff. I also don't post a lot on social media anymore. You know, I, I have avenues of selling my stuff. I got I've been around just long enough. And, yeah, I mean, like Justin, like, I mean. You've been an awesome customer as far as being like repeat goes. And I got several of those out there that, you know, my, my quality spoke for itself, thankfully. Absolutely. And I got people that keep coming back to buy stuff from me. So I don't, I don't have to post advertisements to sell my stuff all the time. And, and it's nice, you know, there is, there is a couple of guys there for a little bit where, you know, we, me and a few friends would post animals for sale and then you know we get a message from somebody that had commented on our post and you know expressing interest saying that this specific breeder uh had messaged them saying they had the exact same animal and that they would undercut our price by you know 50 percent and that you know our Shock. quality was our collections were old and washed up and has been and blah 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 and so you know i mean those people were messaging us with screenshots being like, Hey, this guy's trying to snipe your, your sale, you know, out from under you. And they're like, I'm not, you know, I'd rather buy from you than, than from him. Like, I don't appreciate what he's doing. Yeah, that and says more about them than anything else. So, you know, we, we called him out, like he got called out publicly, he ended up changing the name of his business uh, to something else. And he ended up taking his public apology down, like shortly after changing the name of his business. And so at that point in time, like, I just kind of stopped posting a lot of things for sale. Or if I do post them, like, you know, it'll just be a picture and, you know, DM or PM me for for pricing. And, yeah, try to, I try to, I try to keep off the, off the interwebs. Sad that you got to I found that that, uh, nothing good comes of it. For sure. Yeah. Well, if people. Send me a message. I'll answer. I'll tell you what you you want. I'll give you a good price. But yeah, don't uh, don't expect to find a lot out of me on on social media anymore. <laughs> yeah, if people do want to follow you on social media, where do they do that? What's that? I said if people do want to follow you on social media, where would they go about doing that? Uh, Instagram would be the best uh, for sure. Um, that's 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 actually the platform I use most anymore. Um, I'm I am on Instagram at pets at sunset. Um, I might 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 be pets dot at dot sunset 
But I think it's all one word. I think it's just all pets at sunset. I think it is uh, too, on Instagram. Yeah, fairly certain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in- Instagram is my my platform of choice right this second. Yeah, it's me too. It's a lot less drama, you know. I scroll through, I see pictures. I actually have to like open up comments to read the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's easy to skip past all the drama and. You get to follow Plus, what you, you know, want I, to follow. I get my fix of snake of of uh, skate videos and stuff there yeah. too. So there you, you go, know, dual purpose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Jacob, well, you can as always. You can find me on the Instagrams and the Facebooks at JLB Morelia. Again, this is uh, Jacob Bratz. Find mm-hmm. me there. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics this on was. Facebook at Palmetto Coast Exotics and Instagram at Palmetto Coast Exotics. And, and. shout out, because this podcast, just like the last one with Riley, would not be possible without the podcast hotline kit. <laughs> I told the guy I'd give him a shout out on a regular basis because it's the bomb. I'm going to make a new YouTube video about it soon, um, probably tonight before I pack all this stuff up. But podcasthotlinekit.com made this interview possible. Made it awesome, just like the last one. Yeah, that is all we got for sure. Big thank you to Andy Grossman at yes, Pets thank at Sunset. You. Everybody, go follow him on Instagram. Check him out. He's got some awesome animals. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We had a great time. It means uh, a lot. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. it. I, you know, I've known Justin for a while now. So. This is the first time I've actually like talked to you and heard your voice, though. <laughs> yeah, he told me earlier. I know, I know it's weird, right? <laughs> like, I've, I've just like bought snakes from you for the last like mm, four or five years. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's been been like four <laughs> to five years now. Yeah. And just now, yeah, just just yeah. now, knowing what you sound like, that's uh. He told me he's like, dude, I've never actually talked to him on the phone. I was like, wait, really? Yep. Like never, and he's like, no, never. I was like, oh well, this will be a first. Yeah, yeah. no. I, as soon as texting became a thing, I was like, sweet. I never have to talk to <laughs> again. I can be, I can be a dream. real introvert now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. already bad to begin with. Oh, I just, yeah. just you know facilitated it. Oh yeah, for sure. Me and Justin totally feel you on that one. My contact with the outside world can be minimal. <laughs> can be even more minimal now. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. All right, well, thanks, guys. All, All right, right, man. Deuces. All right. We'll see ya. All right, yeah. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 We will see everybody on the next episode. Peace out. Be sure to subscribe. iTunes, Google Always. Play, SoundCloud. This you know. This is episode 11 of the Herpetic Culture Podcast. Deuces. Deuces.